This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Polk. Today is September 8th. Happy Friday. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Ryan Nelson, 5.2 innings, one and run, two hits, two walks, and three strikeouts yesterday. Just three whiffs. Ah, man. So I was really excited about Ryan Nelson coming back. I heard stuff about his cutter. That really is a slider that was being worked on in the minors having a new pitch. And really the main thing about Ryan Nelson before he went to the minors was, hey, he does not have a good secondary offering that we trust. And seeing in in AAA that this cutter was actually doing some good things inside the zone and getting some whiffs, I was really excited to see it. Yeah, no, it was. (laughs) he threw six of them for one called strike, zero whiffs. I mean, it was six for six strikes, so he got some fouls, he got some outs on it. But we need more than that. His slider was used a little bit more. Uh, the four-seamer earned a lot of called strikes, so 12 out of 50 called strikes, which is nice. Only three whiffs, uh, but 68% usage on that. I do wonder if Ryan Nelson will be more interesting moving forward if that cutter does become a bigger thing. They just, I don't know, maybe came back to the minors and was like, no, I'm just going to throw fastballs all of a sudden. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah, this new pitch. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens. He goes against the Mets next, which is an NL-only play. For 12-teamers, I don't really think you need to do it. Uh, I feel like I need to see more of the the cutter first, actually being that secondary pitch before I really I go after this. Um, other guys from yesterday, Ryan Pepio did such good work against the Marlins. Seven innings, zero runs, one hit, one walk, three Ks. As I was talking about yesterday, he had not gone over five innings before, but the more you get stretched out, you're not gonna, just going to stay there. And there you go, 84 pitches against the Marlins. Sure, seven innings was a product of getting a lot of these quick outs, only three strikeouts and one hit here. So very efficient. Uh, not at all what we should have expected, but hey, he has the opportunity to do this, right? The Dodgers aren't just saying no. They're saying, okay, Pepio, you should be stretched out. So that's cool. And get this, he gets the Padres next. And I don't want to do that for Pepio. I don't. Everyone, I've gotten a lot of questions right about it. I don't want to do it. Padres are really good. However, it is Detroit and then the Giants twice after. So if you feel like dropping Pepio means you can't get him for the end of it, then fine, you hold on to it. And then if you have him, I guess it's a questionable start. So may as well do it, I guess. Uh, depends on if you're in a points league and all that kind of stuff. But you have a decent win chance and you'll have a handful of strikeouts maybe. He's not really a strikeout guy, Pepio. It's a change of focus. Um, slider kind of is there. It helps. But I think it was 6 for 9 with strikes yesterday. So that's good. But the changeup was really the thing. 
So, I mean, we're great for those last three starts, and I feel like it's one of those investments. Like, yeah, I'll I'll take all guys that I want for 75% of their production moving forward, right? Okay. Cal Quantrill against the Angels did exactly what he was supposed to do as a Toby. Six innings, zero and runs, three hits, two walks, six Ks. Earned a King Cole at 32% CSW, which is very low, but it was only six games yesterday. And we're going to just keep signing up for him because he gets the Giants next, and he has this amazing O-swing, 44% O-swing on the, on the sinkers. That's what you want to see. I want to see over 30% on sinkers generally. He's seeing 44%. That is how Cal Quantrill goes through outings. It's that good, and then there's a cutter away, and that's it. So that's why I generally don't like him, but yeah, it's sinkers jamming batters inside. Uh, Luis Castillo against the Rays than what he was supposed to do. 17 whiffs uh, for a Gallows pole. He's, I think, getting closer to a 3 year right now. Six innings of zero and runs, eight strikeouts. Um, eight base runners, fine, but who cares if they don't score for the Cy Young? Uh, I kind of wonder if he's going to win the Cy Young because if Garrett Cole flounders at all and Castillo has a brilliant September, he would win Cy Young. And I kind of want that for Castillo. I think he deserves having one of those in his pocket. Has Garrett Cole won it? I think uh, I think Verlander stole it from him one year. I feel like he won it last year. Uh, it's one of those things like Garrett Cole should have already won one. So let's give it to Luis Castillo. Uh, you have Jonathan Diaz against the Guardians in the bullpen game for the Angels. It was not Griffin Canning. He'll go today and we'll talk about that soon. Uh, I'm also going to talk about all all of this weekend, including Sunday. Actually, I already wrote that article for uh, for Saturday, which is fun. Zach Littell against the Mariners. Eight innings, one run, five hits, one walk, four Ks. Way better than we expected against Seattle. Got a gold star here for that, uh, but didn't get the win because uh, we have our boy. Uh, wait, hold on. Who was it that went shut out? Uh, again? Oh, I'm sorry for the Mariners. Yeah, Castillo on the other side. I was thinking of another Ray guy. I'm being stupid. Um, yeah, Zach Littell won against our boy Castillo. So he didn't get that uh, win, which is so frustrating because Zach Littell has been this win chance guy who just hasn't gotten a win. He's been so unlucky with run support in games that he does well. It's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, we don't want to go with Littell here. Uh, Braxton Garrett against the Dodgers, 2.2 innings of one and run, 91 pitches. I don't know really what else I expected. Terrible ratios on the whip side, 4Ks. One, I mean, one and run, fine, but... It's a better cutter, though, which is kind of nice. And he gets the Brewers next. So it's just 91 pitches and 10 outs, which is ugh. And I think that should be better. So he's in the questionable start tier for that Brewers start. Uh, you have Eduardo Rodriguez against the Yankees. I didn't really want to do this because uh, the Yankees are elite against left-handers. It's kind of wild. Uh, and six innings, three runs, four hits, four walks, four Ks. You got the win. So, hey, you'll take that poor quality start in a win. However, you're not in a quality start league. Um, it's just really the win because four Ks and the ratios are bad. So, eh. I'm going to celebrate it because you got the win. Uh, he gets the Reds next, and the Reds are actually weak regardless of home or away, so don't be afraid of that one. Max Freed, very disappointing, getting a near very poor quality. So pretty much matching, actually, all the way through um, what uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is. Just six hits, two walks, as opposed to four hits and four walks. So um, six innings, three and runs, six hits, two walks, four Ks for Max Freed. And I'm much more disappointed in him because it was against the Cardinals, and you're supposed to be an ace, you know? Uh, come on. Uh, the four-seamer hasn't been top-notch as far as... The results, but locating it well, glove side, I like that. Sinker's going uh, arm side, love that. Change-up and slide are really not the pitches they have they, they were before, right? We want those change-ups to be the, the pitch that really soared last year, that really took freedom to another level. The slider isn't really getting involved as much as we want it to. Curveball's great, and that's good, but I feel like he needs to add the other stuff to really become the max read that we know. Uh, Javier Assad finally had a off night. Uh, against the Diamondbacks, 5.1 innings, 300 runs, 7 hits, 1 walk, and 0 strikeouts. How am I supposed to butter my bread with this? The reason? The cutter was terrible. This is the pitch that really has done it for him. I'm sure the, the sinker inside is a good thing, but 
<laughs> the sinker aside, now I the cutter is everything and going eight for twenty one strikes. Oh boy, not it. That's like a forty percent rate. That's so bad. That's supposed to be like a sixty five percent rate. So that should be like sixteen for twenty one or something. Uh, fifteen for twenty one. It's yeah, no, that's not fun. Now I'm going to say that it's cores neck, so probably don't do that. However. If it was a decent master matchup, I'd still probably do it because I'm going to say that Assad just had an off night with a cutter, right? You want to say, oh, it's a Vargas rule and now it's fallen off. Vargas rule, I totally understand where uh, guys generally shouldn't be performing as they are. Assad, I totally get the cutter being effective. But yeah, this course, I just feel like that's not good enough. And I would likely go after him, especially because he's going to be dropped now, I assume. I would go after him for the Pirates after this one. So that would be kind of cool. Uh, but you can drop him now. I, I bet he won't get picked up for the Coors game. And then he can come back in from the Pirates. Um, Adam Wainwright, I feel just so bad for him. Um, we all want him to do, like, you know, we want him to get the last two wins. And he's just not getting I mean, he went against Atlanta. You can't really expect that. And then Carlos Rodon, oh boy. <sighs> so Carlos Rodon, um, you guys know, I've been really in on Carlos Rodon. Because, in, I mean, just from, I try and balance this. Where there's... There's two sides. There's one, the historical stuff that I think gets lost in the in the weeds a bit when it comes to talking about players is just because they've done poorly in the recent sample, it means that they don't have any skills that have been successful in the past. And I feel like Carlos Rodon, it was like two straight years of success. And the fact that his fastball was pretty much averaging what it was entering this, and we had a pretty successful start with lots of whiffs, like 18 whiffs and whatever, all that kind of stuff. And I uh, good command and stuff just kind of felt like it was weird and should stabilize. I was in. Now, this was terrible against the Tigers. I watched a bit of this and he just could not get guys away. You know, he couldn't really just establish stuff and he was throwing fastballs and they were getting hits off of it. And then the slider wasn't doing what it was supposed to do when he wanted to. And he was also sitting 94, 95, like 94 and change. He threw like a 92 mile power fastball. And I go, what? Carlos Rodon is supposed to be the guy that ramps up through the game. And, uh, and really like, it doesn't start at 92, 93, starts at like 94, 95 and then goes up. And I'm not seeing that 96, 97. I'm not seeing that dog in him. If you understand what I mean. Right. I, uh, this was 700 runs against the Tigers. And so I feel like we can't do it anymore. After this one, it's just like, okay, my hands are up. I'm like, I, I don't have anything to lean on here. Uh, I'm not trying to, it's more of just what he was doing before from a skill standpoint, has in the past spoken to better results. This is not the skill set. Uh, and seeing another setback mixed with all of the whateverness that was going on that maybe I was just missing before. This is a different one. It's worse. And we are out on Carlos Rodon. It's just too risky at this point. So fine. All right. Today, I'm going to do you solid here. I'm going to do today, tomorrow and Sunday's streaming picks. I'm going to do all of that after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? And you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or underdogfantasy in the app store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. 
Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Looking forward to today, tomorrow's, and Sundays. I'm going to do that for you guys on Friday as you prepare your weekend. Because it's getting down to the playoffs and you really figure out like the next three. Right? So I'm going to do uh, today, tomorrow, and I... Yeah, and uh, and Sundays. So, talking about today's starting pitchers. We have Zach Gallon, Blake Snell, George Kirby, Kodai Senga, Kyle Bradish, Yusei Kikuchi, and Jordan Montgomery with J- Andrew Abbott at the bottom. All of these, I went over this yesterday. Blake Snell's the only interesting one with a bad matchup, uh, but you're going to start him, of course. Kyle Harrison against the Rockies, uh, Rocky Road in Oracle Park sounds great. Logan Allen, yeah, sure, it's against the Angels. Yuri Perez, I know it's against the Phillies, but man, you just got to do it. Christopher Sanchez on the other side is our stream pick of the day. Um, Bryce Elder against the Pirates has a good stream. Emmett Sheehan, good stream against the, the Nationals. And Griffin Canning against the Guardians. All good streams here at the end here. Um, four really good options, I think, against uh, weak teams and four guys that can absolutely come through. Question will start here. You have Reese Olsen against the White Sox. If you're chasing strikeouts, that might help. It might be the thing to go for. The only problem that I have there with Reese uh, Olsen is the fact that his changeup comes sometimes shows up and then sometimes just doesn't. And I hate leaning on that. And the fastball command isn't there to support the slider, then that's not that great. So it's a cherry bomb situation there. You have Taj Bradley. Hunter Brown also has cherry bombs against the Mariners and Padres. Ty Block. I'm ranking these Rockies pitchers against the Giants as questionable starts this weekend. Ty Block against the the Giants, I think, is the best one of him, Chase Anderson, and Peter Lambert. Uh, You have Luis Severino. I... he has Luis, Luis Severic apologies against the, the Brewers. You have Mike Clevenger, Colin Ray, Tanner Houck, and Mitch Keller all down here. All these are really contentious. I don't want to go with these, but I recognize that they could work. Severino maybe has it in him. Mike Clevenger against the Tigers. Oh, he just didn't do well against the Athletics. And Colin Ray survived against the Phils, and he's a righty against the Yankees. Tanner Houck has a good slider, and maybe if he has something else working, that could work against the Orioles. And Mitch Keller's on a run, but it's Atlanta. And do not start is Ty- Jameson Tyone, who just doesn't have enough to really justify uh, the floor here. Um, you have Mackenzie Gore with a trade bomb against the Dodgers. Paul Blackburn is now going uh, as he gets Texas. And it's Texas. Even though Texas isn't as scary as before, and maybe I should be ranking him a little higher because Texas is without Adelise Garcia. They've been a little bit cold lately. I just don't want to do I think the win chance is also pretty bad. Alec Marsh should have an opener against the Jays, and I don't want to go for it, even though he has some strikeout potential. Drew Rahm against the Reds, I'm not really a fan of at all. And Dallas Keuchel against the Mets, absolutely not. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. Uh, we have Kevin Gosman, Justin Steele with Logan Webb, Merrill Kelly, Bobby Miller, and Tarek Skubal here. I mean, look, after Justin Steele is looking like a Cy Young, then yeah, I kind of need to just rank him this high. And same with Merrill Kelly, even though he's getting the Cubs on the other side of this. Uh, you are going to start him because he's getting all of those strikeouts for you. Um, you have Aaron Nola, Chris Sale, John Gray, Michael King as our stream pick of the day, Lucas Giolito, uh, Aaron Savali, and Kenta Maeda um, against the uh, the Mets. I know Maeda here is kind of strange. Same with Giolito and Savali. Let me go through this. Aaron Nola, you don't really trust much. Fine. Uh, but I have probable start. I think you're still just going to do it against the Miami Marlins. You have Chris Sale, whose velocity is weird, and he goes against the Royals. Uh, who went against the Royals last time, I should say. Last two pitches were like 96, but the other ones were like at 93. And he gets the Orioles now, and 
I think we still do it, but it's a little bit scary. I get it. John Gray against the Oakland Athletics. Okay, fastball has been better. Slider has been really good. Fine. Michael King is my stream pick of the day against the Brewers as he's stretched above 70 pitches now. And I think he's been pitching really well. Uh, Lucas Giolito against the Angels. I know it's just so bad, but the Angels are so bad too. And Giolito's uh, skills, I think, are better. Last time, sorry, it was like, fastball's down the middle. Great. And no changeups for strikes. And like, that's not going to happen again. Aaron Savali against the Mariners. He just had 12 strikeouts. The Mariners are much, much better um, as last opponent. And that was a very interesting anomaly. Like the best Blake Cell blueprint I've ever seen from him. I don't think that's going to stick. But it's still worth your time. And Kenta Maeda, who has not performed well for you. But it was against the Rangers last time. And the splitter and the slider were much better. The Mets are not as scary as the Rangers. Uh, I think you're going to go for this one with Kenta Maeda. Questionable start to your Brian Wu against the Rays. Uh, Jack, I mean, the, the, the velocity was down for Wu and the, the four seamer wasn't as good. And that's scary to me. Jack Flaherty's skills have been better than the results, but it's at Fenway and I don't really want to do that. Zach Thompson's decent against the Reds and the Reds aren't that scary in, in Cincinnati, believe it or not. Christian Javier just had his peak skills of four seamers up and getting whiffs and sliders for strikes against the Yankees, but there were home runs and that annoyed him, but Otherwise, the whip was great and the strikeouts were great in six innings. And now it's against the Padres, though. But maybe that sticks around and maybe it doesn't. Uh, you have Seth Lugo against the Astros. It's the Astros, but Seth Lugo's been a Toby. But yeah, you don't really want to do that. Wade Miley is a lefty against the Yankees. Not fun. Tyler Anderson could have his good changeup against the Guardians. But is that enough? Probably not. Jared Schuster might go against Pittsburgh. And you're like, Nick, why would you in any way be for this? Because it's Atlanta and he could get a win here. So, something to consider. Chase Anderson against the Giants, as I mentioned before. 40% of his starts have been beneficial for you. Just something to throw out there. And Carson Spires, I prefer Connor Phillips versus Carson Spires. Um, he gets St. Louis. I don't think he does quite enough, um, but maybe the command is a little bit better and that works out. I uh, Do not start here. Johnny Cueto could have Johnny Cueto magic against the Phillies. No, thank you, though. Uh, Johnny, uh, sorry, Michael Kopech against the Tigers. No thanks, uh, David Peterson doesn't have enough in his arsenal right now. The slider's not good. Uh, we're going to have Jake Irvin against the Dodgers. Do not want to touch that one, but hey, there's a higher chance of him having success, I think, than Yoman Avellado against Atlanta. Uh, Zach Greinke does whatever he does against the Jays, and Kyle Muller goes against the Texas Rangers, and Muller just doesn't do anything that you want to chase. And looking forward to Sunday's games, we have Garrett Cole, Pablo Lopez, Corbin Burns, Zach Eflin, Grayson Rodriguez, all very clear there. Clayton Kershaw against the Nationals. I think I'm still going to do it. As long as Clayton Kershaw is starting, then we go with him, right? Even though the depressed velocity and the barking shoulder, all that kind of stuff. Tanner Bybee against the Angels. I think you're going to do that one. Jose Barrios against Kansas City. Yes, Cole Reagans gets... The Jays, I, I'm i going for it. This is the first test he gets. Let's have some fun. Uh, Hunter Green against the Cardinals, I think we're going to go with as well. Uh, yeah, probably start to Jesus Lazardo gets the Phillies, which is really annoying, but I think we're still going to likely do that. Bryce Miller gets the Rays. His fastball wasn't as good last time, uh, but I think you're going to start that one. Brian Bayo gets Baltimore. That's fine. Uh, Kyle Hendricks against the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's fine. Last two here are Tyler McGill as a stream pick of the day against the Twins. I think I'm going to do this because the fastball looks good and the slider is really good lately too. Um, Andrew Heaney at Oakland is a cherry bomb situation. However, it's Oakland and the strikeout potential and win potential are pretty good. Questionable starts here are definitively lower than McGill and Heaney, and that's why I put them up into probable. They're very much borderline guys there. Um, you have JP France against the Padres. I mean, it's the Padres, but then you have a decent win chance with France. Brandon Fought, I don't really know how much I like what he does. And the Cubs are a scary offense, um, so I'm not a huge fan of that one. 
Um, you also have Ranger Suarez against the Miami Marlins. If he gets this change of work, and that can work. And Peter Lambert, as I mentioned, against the Giants could come through for you. Just don't rule it out, guys. Um, do not start here. You have Alex Fajardo against the White Sox. I don't know how long he's going to go. He just threw about 40 pitches in 2.2 innings. And uh, that's annoying. Maybe they just do start him regularly and just ignore that. But I don't really think so. So do not start it. Kenny Rosenberg is a lefty for the Angels that is crafting with just six innings with a, you know, with this changeup and low mile per hour fastball. Maybe that's good enough against the Guardians. I don't really want to do that. Jesse Schultens gets the Tigers, and there is some ceiling there, but I don't want to do that. Miles Michaelis, the ratios are not going to be good for you against the Reds, most likely. Luis Medina, if he has his good slider and the Rangers are still struggling without Adelise. Maybe that comes through for strikeouts, but I don't want to do that, of course. Never Trevor Williams. Dylan Dodd might be open for with uh, with Darius Vines going after, but he went two innings on the uh, 6th. So that would be like three days rest for Darius Vines, which might mean that he goes three innings. But if it's following, that might actually be really good on Sunday for a sneaky win chance. So monitor that situation as it's against Pittsburgh Pirates. If we believe that Darius Vines is going to start and go five innings, He'd be actually be in the probable start tier. So just keep that in mind. Really good change up with Darius Vines. Uh, Keaton Wynn, if, he, if I thought he was going to go five innings, he would be higher up on this against Rocky Road. Um, but no, I don't expect that at all with the Giants, so no thank you. Luis Ortiz against Atlanta, absolutely not. And Rich Hill against Houston, absolutely not. All right, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for supporting what we do. Um, good luck this weekend. Of course, I'll be back this weekend. Uh, and that is also my name is Nick Pollock. And may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.